this men's conference out we've been trying to catch a wave if you know anything about any pastor you know every meeting he's trying to discover what the wave is and just ride it Uh, and so but in this meeting it was different because God began to let us know what the wave is it is a wave of destiny and it is a wave that is was produced by a tsunami a tsunami happens because an earthquake takes place under the water. And it causes a wave to come, but it's not like what people surf on. Surf waves, it, it ends at, the, at when it meets land. But a tsunami, it begins to, it begins to, it, it will come in land. And so what God was causing for us, for you and I to catch a wave of what he's about to do in your life and mine, he's causing the church to walk in new dimensions. Uh, Somebody say new dimensions. He's causing us to walk in new dimensions. With that comes new understandings of him. You know, Abraham was called to walk in a new dimension that no one had walked in before when God introduced himself to Abraham as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God who provides. See, when God opens himself up to you in a new dimension, then he's opening yourself up to being something new. Are are you hearing me? And so since God is taking the church into a, a different realm, a different dimension, um... In other words, God is he's creating this new breed and this new configuration. And it is important for you and I to know and understand who we are. If you understand who you are, then you will understand where you're going. If you understand what you were made for, listen to me, then you will understand what went wrong. Then you'll understand salvation much better. Now, I need to say that three times because I need you to get it. If you understand who you are, then you'll understand where you're going. If you understand what you were made for, then you'll understand what went wrong. And then you'll understand salvation much better. Now let me illustrate to you what that looks like. Suppose someone comes to you and says to you, I want to give you a pristine vintage Rolls Royce. Uh, 
How many people know that's worth lots of money? We're, we're talking about millions of dollars. And someone says to you, I want to give you this Rolls Royce. And you're excited about this. says you just need to come pick it up. So you do what you need to do. You get to the place where you go pick the car up. And this car is absolutely more than what you had imagined. And you're like, whoa. And you get in the car. You cut it on. It sounds good. You're driving it away. And you have a terrible accident in the car. To the point you fold this car up to just a heap of metal. But somehow, by the grace of God, you find yourself, you got out of it. Seemingly no scratches on your life. And you go to the hospital and you get checked. and, and, And there's nothing wrong with you. There's no problems with you. And then you get a phone call from your friend checking on you. And you, yeah, I'm fine. And he says, listen, listen, I want to do you a favor. You're my best friend. I know the best body shop mechanic in the country. I mean, he can do wonders. He is, they call for him from around the world to do what he does with cars and so i'm gonna have him to pick your car up for you and to 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 do what he does to your car so they pick his car up and four months later he gets a phone call he said listen i'm gonna pick you up because your car is now ready we're gonna go get the car and so he picks his friend up and and they're riding there to the place of the shop and they get to the shop and they walk through the doors And they're really excited because I'm going to get this car. And when they get in the shop, here stands the most perfect Volkswagen Beetle. (laughs) And his friend is very impressed because his reference to that car was just a heap of metal. So he's impressed. He's excited. Look at this car. But how many people know that the the owner of that car is not impressed after having a Rolls Royce become a Volkswagen Beetle? (laughs) Why wouldn't he be impressed with that Volkswagen? Because having driven and having known what that was supposed to be and seeing what it is not. He's not impressed. So here's the problem. If we don't understand God's original thought for you, for me, any message that promises improvement in your life, it sounds like salvation, but it's not. See, any message that promise you improvement but it's not what God had in mind which is the Rolls Royce see salvation for you and I was a Rolls Royce not the Volkswagen Beetle so so any message that sounds like it's salvation that made things a little bit better worked through your mess brought you out but if it doesn't bring you to this pristine Rose Rose worth worth millions of dollars, then what you are grabbing hold to is not God's plan for your life.
Are you hearing me? So then what is the problem? He did not know what the original vehicle looked like. And so for us to be able then to get back into the place and walk in what God had, his full intentions for your life, his full intentions for my life. Because see, if we don't ever get a picture of this, we're going to be happy with just a mediocre lifestyle. We're, we're happy with some improvements. We're happy with making a little bit of more money. Happy with being a little bit more happy than we used to be happy. We're just happy with just this little progress. But it's not God's story for your life. Because God's story for your life is a Rolls Royce. It's not God's story for your finance. It's not God's story for your health. It's not God's story for your marriage. It's not God's story for your church. It's not God's story for this world that we're a part of. If we don't know God's story, then we will settle for something that salvation didn't bring you. You could have gone to a psychologist and walked away feeling better. God is not trying to get you to feel better. He's got to get you back to his original desire. So now what's the problem? Man is a reflective being and he does not know it. Mankind has been given, I I say this, this enormous gift. The ability to be what he beholds. Man is a, a reflective being and just like a mirror It's very nature of a mirror is to reflect. You stand in a mirror, it's nature is to reflect the image that's in the mirror. The very nature of man is that he is a reflective being. And whatever stands in front of him, he spends time with. Whatever he hangs out with, he will begin to reflect that. Whatever he looks at, he will reflect that from his life. The only way in which you can be yourself is in beholding your God. That's why we spend time in the word because the word has the ability to cause us to be a reflection of what we are beholding. Uh, Are you hearing me? Our ability to reflect desires because the question is, what are we reflecting we reflect the intentions. We inflect the desires of what's in front of us. If I hang around you long enough and whatever your desires become my desires. You know, I had this amazing thought. Think about it. You ask people the question, who are they? You think, well, the question is, how do we answer that? The question is, what are your desires? Because if we can locate your desires, we can locate what you've been reflecting. What has been a model in front of you? Because you are made to be a reflecting being. So as a reflective being, you need a model. See, there's no such thing as a self-made man. We carry the idea that, man, I'm my own man. I'm doing my own thing. And even if you grow up in a household and in a family where you don't like nothing going on in your house and you make a decision. When I grow up, I'm not going to be like that. 
You're still not being yourself. You're still reflecting. You're still doing something based on what you see. Because you, you've been made to create. You've been made to reflect whatever's in front of you. And so my decision not to reflect that, I made a decision to reflect something else. But where did you get the model for something else? By reversing what was in front of you. So I'm going to say you're reversing what's in front of you. I said before, the reason that you know that you're a reflective being is because, very simple, God takes this man in, in the garden. We've got to go back to the human story to remember we've got to go back to God's original thought, God's original plan for man. You go back to the garden, you, you see God creating mankind. He creates everything and he waits and then he creates man. And then on that last day, he breathes into this man the breath of life. And he's, he's standing over that man. And the Bible says, and he blessed him. The word, it means to barak. It means to adore, adoration. It means love. He wakes up for the first time. And the first thing that he sees face to face, the first thing that he beholds is a God who's absolutely adoring him, absolutely in love with him. There's absolute admiration for him. Why? Because man is God's desire. And since he's made to be a reflection of whatever he beholds, because the Bible says God made man in his image and after his likeness. That was God's desire that you would be like him. How can you possibly be like him without beholding him? Since you're made to reflect whatever it is that you put before you. And what is it that we're taking? Desires, intentions. And so, man, he sees the desire of God. He's in love with you. He's adoring you. And so, you know, that's where we get the scripture. We love because he first loved us. So we are a reflection of God's love. And sometimes you struggle to love. You say, well, I, don't, I have struggled with that. You know why you're struggling? Because you're not beholding him. See, love is not something that you're trying to perform. Like if, if I have a mirror here and I stand in, in front of that mirror, that mirror is not trying to reflect me. It was made to reflect me. If you stand before Jesus, before his word, glory, face to face, you were made to reflect him. I was made to be in his image and in his likeness. I wasn't made to be a Volkswagen Beetle. I was made to be a Rolls Royce. But it's only possible when we spend face-to-face -face time in the mirror. Are, are you hearing me? The problem is we live in a society that is blind to how this thing works. That you can only reflect my confusion. And I can only reflect your confusion. See, we're living in a world who's una who, who is unaware that they are reflective beings and that, that you have to reflect something. You need a model. There's no such thing as that. So, so, and so we are reflective beings. I, I'm, I'm ref if I have confusion in me, I'm reflecting to you my confusion. If you confuse, you're reflecting back to me confusion. 
And so this is what this world looks like. This is what community looks like. This is what we're a part of and don't even know. So the question is, how do we break this cycle of you, a reflection of my confusion and a reflection of your confusion? How do we break this cycle? Except God breaks in on our confusion. Except he breaks in our world, breaks in on our understanding to reveal the hidden things before the foundation of the world. Are, are you hearing me? That you were never to be a Volkswagen. Oh, Glory. You were never to be broke. You were never to be sick. You were never to be dominated. You were never to be the tail. You were never to be under. You were never to not have victory. God has to break in and show you that it's not about some improvement. Woo. Glory. It is as Jesus is. So are we where? In this world. When you read Matthew chapter 13. You understand why Jesus spoke to them in parables. Matthew 13 and 34, he says, Jesus spoke to the multitudes in parables. And without a parable, he did not speak. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, I will open my mouth in parables and I will utter things kept secret. From the foundation of the world, what is Jesus doing? The whole story of Jesus is retelling the human story. See, his friend thought that that was the Volkswagen was okay. Until he begins to tell him it wasn't a Volkswagen. Somebody has to retell to tell the story. Jesus came to tell you the story. That where you are and what you're doing isn't the human story. So Jesus came to retell the human story. That's why when you read the Bible in, in John chapter 1, it talks about him, the word, how he became flesh and dwelt among him. And it says, and his life was the light of men. In other words, his life is the light that defines your life. Jesus' life is the light that defines you. Amen. What is he doing? I'm trying to tell you, you're a rose and not a beetle. We saw on that screen what people thought of themselves. His life, man discovers the life of light. <clears throat> so he's, he's come to expose this deadly cycle that keeps us separated, that keeps us walking in confusion, it keeps us never reaching God's full intent for our lives, never experiencing, never walking in it. It keeps us just classroom Christians where we can quote scriptures where we don't ever enter into what we read in the book. It keeps us we don't understand that the only way that you can fully and truly be yourself is in your beholding who he is. Here's the greatest problem with that. If we have a wrong view of who God is, you're going to have a wrong view of who you are. 
And everybody that has a wrong view of himself will always move away from God. See, if you have a wrong view of God, you have a wrong view of yourself, and you move away from God because your view of God is wrong. And when you move away from God, you're moving away from your true self. You're moving further away from this Rolls Royce that God called you to be to something less than that because you have a wrong view of who he is. So now Jesus understood this cycle that was happening in humanity. See, we don't we walk around. If you if you don't ever get this, you're never going to understand what's really happening here. Listen to me. You, 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 since you're made to reflect desires, all somebody got to do is, is stand before you and give their intentions and their desires. You'll pick it up. That's all temptation is. When Adam was in the garden, it was only a relationship between him and there was no third object. There was no other desire in place but, to, but just him and God. And Satan came along and introduced him another desire. God doesn't want you to eat of that tree because if you eat of that tree, you'll be like God. Now, he has another desire. I want to be like God. Not knowing that he is. The Rolls Royce. He allowed the enemy to submit him another desire. The enemy became another model other than God. And so he began to model this man before this man another desire. And because he's a reflective being, he needs another model. He turns from a face to face with God, looks at this and begins to reflect that. What did that bring him? The fall of all of humanity. So we've got humanity walking around in this fallen state. And out of this fallen state, we're reflecting our fall, our fallen concepts, our fallen ideas, our, our fallen realities. We have fallen communities. We, the way we do community, everything is messed up. And it keeps getting messed up because I'm looking at you having your desires. You're looking at me having my desires. I want to be you, but you are just a beetle. As nice as it may look, as promising as it is, you're still just a beetle. Man, I want to be a rapper. I want to be a singer. I want to grab the crotch. You just, all that kind of stuff. You ever seen Christian rappers? They do the same thing. Where's it come from? We are reflective beings. I was in a church and then had a young boy was rapping and he was rapping. He grabbed up. I'm like, what the, what? We're in church, brother. Why? He's reflecting what's been in front of him. And Adam didn't know that, and that's what messed him up. But Satan knew that. God knows that. And if you don't know that, that's what... See, we struggle with pornography. We struggle with sin. We try to break the power of sin of our lives. We struggle with smoking and cheating and lying. And we don't really want to do it when we don't know how to get victory. We pray and we pray and we pray. And we still struggle and struggle. God, you know I'm praying. Here's what you don't know. What model is standing in front of you? 
You want to have a good marriage, what model is standing in front of you? You want to be a man of God, what model is standing before you? You want to be a woman of God, who is your model? See, because you are not of your own. The idea that you are a woman by yourself or all by yourself, no, you are not. You're not a man by yourself. You've been made to reflect. And it's been that level of confusion that has caused us not to be community, not to come together, not to walk in what God has in this generation. But God is taking the church into new dimensions and new realms. And he's starting with the reality for you to discover if you're going to walk in what God has for you, you've got to realize it's not possible to do it from here. It's not possible to do it but just conversation. You have to do it by what you are beholding. Who is your model? See, I can tell you who you are, but where, what do you desire? And then the question is, once I figure out what you desire, the question is, where did that desire come from? That's what you will be reflecting. And until we realize that we can't get away from all the ills and the sicknesses and, and the, the, the stuff that's in the world. We are so caught up with a world that is so confused. You are, you are part of a world that has fallen and it's mirroring fallen ideas and they're never going to come together. And you're picking sides with it. Why? Because you're beholding it, watching it in the news. Man, I'm a Democrat because of what? You wouldn't know what it was if you didn't be watching it. You've taken somebody's views and now they become your views. And so now you hate, I don't like no Republicans. Confusion. Where did that come from? Who's your model? Now, Jesus is going to deal with that in the book of John. Here's what Jesus does in the book of John. <clears throat> he draws our attention to two models. And there's only two models on the planet. Look at your neighbor and say, only two. Only two. Models on the planet. Why is that important? I'll read it right again. Because you are a reflective being. You will reflect one model or another. Whether you know it or whether you like it or not. See, God knew that about man. But until we start knowing that about ourselves, it will help you come into what God wants you to come into. It doesn't just stop hearing what God wants for you. You need a model. Say, my very nature, my very nature is, to is to reflect. Now in John chapter 8, Jesus, he speaks to those who believe in him. And he says to them, that's not enough. Look at your name and say, that's not enough. <laughs> 